coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the AO studio. AO. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. I am D. Got a great show for you tonight. Harbaugh and Belichick interview with the Falcons. Stamkos won't be traded. And Dallas and Philly exit early. But we'll begin today's show with the big trade. The Pacers acquire Pascal Siakam. And the Raptors get Bruce Bowen, Jordan Nora, three first-round picks, two in 2024 and one in 2026. Z, where does this trade land the Pacers? Well, you put him in with Tyrese Halliburton, and you put him in with Obi Toppin, and Pascal Siakam definitely definitely has them trending in the right direction. Because right now, you got to say that the Indiana Pacers are one of the most surprising teams in the NBA. 23-17. and 17. It is a very young team. Pascal Siakam brings in veteran presence. Pascal Siakam has a chip from his days with the Raptors. He plays defense. He scores. Yeah. He is, you know, he definitely brings that old man river to this team. He's 29 to a young team, you know. He's that veteran presence. And for me, what I like, not just Pascal Siakam, that's a great, that's a great deal. But the bevy, the absolute bevy of picks, right? So that is... That is what's intriguing to me. Not so much that the Indiana Pacers are... So you like the Raptors side of it? I like both. I like both. Because Pascal Siakam gives the Pacers the guy that they needed so desperately. And you have Bruce Brown going the other way. The first round picks going the other way. The New Orleans Pelicans being involved in this trade. Like, eh, okay, fine. But I like the trade from the perspective of both the Pacers and the Raptors. Because when you're looking at what you get with Siakam, right? You're looking at 22 points a game, 6 rebounds, almost 5 assists. This is where he is, you know? And I think that in the Eastern Conference... Adding a guy like Siakam takes you above Cleveland, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't necessarily get you all the way to Milwaukee, but it gets you ahead of Cleveland. For and sure. that's really where you want. That's yeah. really where you want. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I think the Warriors missed out on this. I said that he would have been a good fit for the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this puts them ahead of Cleveland. I don't know if it puts them ahead of Miami. Um, and I don't know if it puts them ahead of the Knicks. It definitely puts them ahead of the Magic. So, you know, we're 
they're 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 within the six. They shouldn't have to play in a play-in game. Um, but I like the movement before the trade deadline. You know, I think a lot of people are looking at it this year and saying, you know what, I'm not waiting for the trade deadline. I'm making moves now. And I think that's very beneficial. Look at teams that are just, I don't know what they're thinking is like the Hawks, um, the Bulls, the, the Nets. They're, they're just out of it now. It's really the Eastern Conference is really taking its shape. And you're just going to have really teams. In my opinion, you're really just going to have teams playing for home court advantage in the first round. I think that's really what everybody's going to be playing for. What I find interesting is that the first eight teams, right, they're all over 500. And generally speaking, they're all trending in the right directions. And then there's such a stark drop-off in the Eastern Conference. Sure, for sure. You go from the Magic at 22 and 18, 19 and 23 for the Bulls, 16 and 23 for the Nets, 16 and 23 for the Hawks. The Raptors, we know what they're about now. They traded Ananobi to the Knicks. They traded Siakam. They're sellers. Yeah, that's what they're doing. I would argue that they probably are a little too late. But, you know, better late than never. They're Um, late at selling? I think so. I think their window closed a while ago. I think their window closed the moment that... that, uh, Their moment closed (laughs) when when Kawhi Leonard left. Yeah, yeah, and they got rid of Nick Nurse. Yeah, Nick I mean, Nurse and Kyle Lowry. For sure. And yeah, I mean, I think they're just trying to get the most. They their asking price was probably really high, and since the beginning, it's kind of dwindled down to you now figuring out. Okay, you know, give me twenty twenty four first round picks, which really I know you like them, but there's there's no college player that everybody's you know, kind of foaming at the mound for right now. No, but you can package that for, you can package picks. Like this is, happens all the time, right? This is, this is something that happens in the NBA regularly. Pick swaps, you know, you can just outright package them with a player. Like they've got RJ Barrett in a trade. Like they, they can ship RJ Barrett out if they don't believe that he's the guy. Um, he's all they got. <laughs> at this point, yeah. This Bruce is Brown. it. It's your Bruce team, Br- Mr. Canada. <laughs> Bruce Brown is a guy who's destined to be moved. He's he's a flip. Like he he's a guy that's going to get turned around or bought out completely because he's going to be the he guy. He can play, though. He's, he can play. He's he, can, he, he can play, but he's not part of a rebuild. He'll get you something else. You know, he'll get you a second round pick or he'll get you like an expiring contract or something. Like he's not going to, he's not the future in Toronto. But the Eastern Conference, like it's it's really a stark drop off and a really, you know, it's really precipitous. But you know, it's it's kudos to the Raptors for recognizing what's going on and recognizing they're not they're not going to be a part of this. So do what you need to do, and I, I think that the Pacers, you know, kudos to them for going for it because as of right now. If the playoffs ended today, and I know the playoffs don't end today, but you know it's a fun, it's a fun little exercise to have. If the playoffs ended today, they draw the Sixers in the first round. Pascal Siakam makes no better matchup against the Sixers. Do I think they could beat the Sixers in a seven-game series? No, mm-hmm. but Siakam gets them closer. Okay. Siakam certainly gets them closer. And if the Cavs don't do anything. Right. If if the Cavs don't better their team, I can definitely see them swapping places, and then you know they have a home field, they have a home court scenario playing the Heat. And are they necessarily better than the Heat? No. 
know, but they'll give him a run for their money. Mm. Like Jim, Jimmy Butler will, will oppose his will on that series. I don't see anybody imposing their will on the series for the Pacers. Right? I mean, Tyrese Halliburton's good. I don't know if he's imposed his will on the series good. Right? The only time will tell about that. But time has told for the NFL playoffs. Like we're out of super wild card weekend. And we <laughs> begin today's show proper with the biggest upset in the NFL playoffs. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Losing at home in Jerry World to the Green Bay Packers. Reports are the Niners were watching and they started getting ready for the Packers during the second quarter of the game when the Packers jumped out to a 27-0 lead over the Cowboys. So we kind of missed out on this. We kind of figured that this would be one of the layups Right, we we did. We did. Both, both of us. We did. We we said that that would be the. We said that would be the only one that shows what we know. Right. Well, we identified that that would be the true upset. We just didn't have the guts to pick it. So there's that. We have eyes. We just don't have coyotes. So what went wrong for the Cowboys, and where do they go from here? Well, the other thing is, is you know, we just got the reports that. There will not be a coaching change. Mike McCarthy will be back next year. Great. Um, I mean, they just – there's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, as far as the X's and O's are concerned, they lost Van Der Esch um, um, or Van Der Bosch, whatever his name is. The, Van, Der Van Der Esch. their linebacker. And since then, they've been trying to get away with playing, you know, nickel and dime coverages. And the Packers took advantage of that. They had arrested Aaron Jones, who was hurt most of the year. And they burned him. You run the ball on your ass. And then when we have you on your heels, we're going to throw. And, um, you know, we give uh, Coach LaFleur a lot of shit on this show. But he his team came ready to play. They came with a game plan and they executed it. And on the Dallas side, uh, just... It seemed like they weren't ready to play. It that's what it felt like to me. <coughs> Excuse me. It seemed like McCarthy and Quinn they didn't get them ready to play the Packers and they thought, you know, since they were undefeated all year at home that the Packers were going to come in and they were going to slap them and and that's just not the case. I mean, at one point it was 27 nothing in the second quarter. I mean, it was it was pretty bad. And then aside from the X's and O's there just seems to be, um, how do I say? It's it's like it's there's a bravado when you become a cowboy. It's almost like you're you think things are going to be given to you. All eyes are on you because you're a Dallas cowboy, and no one's working hard for it. No one's you know this is supposed to be America's team. It's a privilege to be a cowboy, but they're looking at it the other way around. It's like I'm a cowboy, and everybody's supposed to pay attention to me and. And it doesn't seem like it. Nobody's earning their stars. Nobody's earning their stripes with the team. And you have a lame duck coach. You have a coach that, you know, if you get chewed out in practice by McCarthy, but Jerry's the one that's. I gotta. I just gotta make Jerry happy. I gotta make you happy. You could be fired tomorrow. I'm not going nowhere. You know, because I'm C.D. Lamb or I'm Michael Gallup. Right. That was the other problems. Like they couldn't get Michael Gallup the ball. Michael Gallup was being defended by a practice squad corner 
and they couldn't get Michael Gallup the ball. Um, Pollard was disappointing all season. He was disappointing this weekend, and Dak da- and Dak didn't show up. You know what? The t- I hate to say this, and I, I do like Dak, but he's a third round pick from Mississippi State. I mean, what are we expecting from him? You know, just like Romo, Romo, what Northern Illinois, Eastern Illinois? Like, what are we? This isn't like Troy Aikman from UCLA. Like, this is not what these guys are. These are. Yeah, they're quarterbacks, and they they they've earned the right to start. But so the Dallas Cowboys, it's not easy to put on that jersey and wear that star. That's that's where I'm at. Teddy lies the head that wears the star. But I think that the Packers had a game plan, and they knew what the Cowboys were going to do, and the Cowboys just could not match what the Packers were doing. The Packers ran the ball down their throat. Yeah. You know, the, the one thing... You want to come out and nickel? Fine. No problem. We're going to fucking run... We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball the outside. We're going to run the ball the inside. We're going to do misdirection. When you, look at the, when you look at the Dallas Cowboys offense, uh, defensive line, compare that to a guy like Vita Vea, right? Vita <laughs> Vea is a big motherfucker. <laughs> And he, like plays low, big, he plays low, man. He plays low. He's a big man. dude. He's a load. He like those low. Dallas Cowboys, they are they're like skinny. They're trim. They're look muscular. At the, look at the numbers. Parsons, two tackles, one solo, one quarterback hit. Pretty the, sure I could have did that this weekend. This the big man, guys. Manhandle, man. The big guys for the Packers play big. Right? They played bigger. They played stronger. It didn't matter how fast the Cowboys were. They could not move around that beef. I don't think there's no. I don't think there's real home home field advantage in Dallas either. I mean, it's not like you know you you go to Detroit. I mean, there's some kind of home field advantage there. But what have we been saying about the Cowboys? Like they're frontrunners, man. If you get out early, yeah, demoralize them. Right. And the other thing is, is like their defense works best when they have a lead. When they could just pin their ears back and run and try to get after the quarterback. But when we think about Dallas this year, I mean, it's not, we should, I mean, yes, it is surprising that they lost to the seventh seed, but are we surprised that they lost? Really? I mean, they almost lost to Detroit. They played some bad games this year, uh, especially away from home. So it is what it is. And as far as, as far as running it back with this team, I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but accepting different results. But I really don't know what other options he has. You're gonna bring in, you're gonna bring another offensive coordinator in to change the terminology. You you think you're gonna get better than you think you're gonna get better than Mike McCarthy to to coach the offense of this team? No. You think you know you're gonna? You're, I mean, you're gonna want. You're gonna probably have to. You probably, if, if they're smart, they go get Ron Ron Rivera to run the defense if Dan Quinn leaves. But I mean, if I'm the Seahawks, am I taking Dan Quinn now? I don't know about that. I'll probably no, go. Dan- take, I'll go take Mike Rabel before I take Dan Quinn after what just happened, right? I mean, Dan Quinn's stock took a major hit. I mean, yeah, game. dude, you couldn't stop anybody. It's Jordan Love. And Jordan Love's been playing very well towards the end of the season, but dude, we can't we can't get a stop. We can't get a stop, but yeah. He's so I mean, very well. I'm fine. I'm fine with Mar- rolling it back with McCarthy because I don't think you could really do better. I think they play better than they played when they had Jason Garrett there. Um, I just 
Yeah, I mean, I just I don't I don't think they should blow it up. Um, you make you one can't. or two moves. What? You can't. Well, no, I think they could. Yeah, sure they could. You don't think there's a market for Dak Prescott? There's a market for Dak Prescott. You don't think there's a market for Pollard? There's a market for Pollard. No, there's no market for Pollard. There's a market there's for Pollard, Pollard, man. Tony needs running Tony back Pollard. They need Tony running Pollard. back. Yeah, but Tony he's Pollard a Dak. has demonstrated that he is a second-tier running back. Right, but there are teams that only have one guy. Like, they would prefer to have him be – like, you're telling me that New York Jets wouldn't want to have Pollard as their second guy? That seems like a, a, a perfect move for the New York Jets. You're telling me the Cardinals wouldn't want Pollard to be their second guy to James Conner? Like, he's a good second guy. The Broncos would love to have him in a zone scheme. Like, yeah, he's a second guy. And he's shown that. And that's okay. But there's a market for him. There's a market for Brandon Cooks. There's always a market for Brandon Cooks. You know, there's a market for some of these guys. There's a market. But, I mean, I don't think they're going to... I would, I would just keep it going. It's like whatever. What are you? Who are you worried about? Who scares you in the NFC East? Especially after Philly just collapsed, they're gonna lose J- Jason Kelsey, and their their line is suspect. So you gotta still got a chance in the East. But you know, from an unexpected. Whoa, 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 hang on, bro. Yeah. Before you go on, yeah. like, the, the, it's not about the East. Like that's the that is the that's the misconception of all of this, right? Like what have the Dallas Cowboys not done since 1995 won a Super Bowl uh-huh. like, that, like, it's too low hanging fruit to worry about the East mm-hmm. like what you need to do is you need to build for February and what they have failed to do is build toward February these teams have failed to build toward February you can say that about the Dolphins you can say that about the Eagles you can say that about the Cowboys they can light up the opponent. They can light up the sky in September and October. But when it comes right down to it, when it matters the most, when it gets colder and when you need to start running the rush, they could not do it. And credit to, you know, yes, you, yes, you know, Gallup didn't have as good of a game as CeeDee Lamb. They both were over 100 yards receiving they did as much as they could do but now, that was behind? all in, were they behind yes yeah that was all in garbage time and he played Dak played like shit in the first half he played, like, played dog like shit and you could tell he was telegraphing no 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 he was telegraphing all his passes all he was doing was looking for lamb he all he was doing was looking for lamb and you can't do that against a team you can't do that in the playoffs and Grant, and the other thing is, is why didn't Michael Gallup get the ball more? He had a fucking practice squad guy on him. And this was supposed to be Jerry's boy. He's been sticking him. He's been on this team. And he's been around for so long. And he was supposed to be the dedicated two. Where were you, dude? Is that on him? I actually think it's on Dak. I think Dak had a terrible game. Dak played like dog shit. Dak I is the think- reason why they lost the game. No, the defense is the reason why they lost. But that the game. defense is what the defense is. Like this has been the defense all well, since they lost their linebacker. This is what they do. They go into nickel, and if you're gonna, they're gonna let you run it. They're gonna let you run it because they're gonna try and stop you from passing the ball. That, that's that's been the scheme. We've talked about that for the last six weeks. That's been the scheme. But the whole thing is, is that Dak was show was was a MVP conversations at some point this season. 
And then he played like dog shit over the weekend. Against that the shit, too. a shit, a, a shit defense. That defense is ranked near the bottom versus the pass. And you couldn't pass the fucking football. This, they have this guy Ferguson who's supposed to be the future at tight end. Where the fuck was he? How did he not get the ball? Wait. He got it on the goal line. <laughs> That's when they got him. He's not Jason Witten. He's not Jason Witten, but you 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 moved you you moved in this direction because you everyone was all about him being the future. Like they let go of Schultz and they they pretty much ran into this situation because this guy was supposed to be the future at tight end. Where was he? And that's not him. I really think he was on Dak. I think it's on Dak. And I, I, but, the, but the other part of the, the other, it's on Dak. But the other part of the equation is, what could I really expect from Dak at this point? He's been with this team for how many years? Why would I, why am I surprised? Why am no, I surprised that he, that he shits weird. the bed? What? This is who he is. Right. And that's who, this is who he is. And that's okay. That's okay. There's a, this is who you are, and we're foolish if we think otherwise in any way, shape, or form. That's what this weekend proved. This weekend proved who Dak Prescott is, and that's it. You are a third-round pick from Mississippi State, and you're okay. You're okay. That's it. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have to be more than okay. What needs to happen is he is a game manager. Like, that's who he is. He's not a dynamic player he's not that guy now you establish that you need a running game right ezekiel elliott was that guy for years he's not there anymore tony pollard's not the guy you know who you get you go get dalvin cook because he ain't gonna be with the ravens next year nah, i don't so, I, I don't know about that i mean i think if you're if, if you, your your assessment of dak as a game manager a game manager on this team is not winning a super bowl they're not winning a super bowl with him anyway no, so I'm just trying to say, like, a game manager, like, Tom Brady was a game manager with the Patriots his first Super Bowl because they had a really good defense and they could run the ball and he didn't turn the ball over. When you're a game manager, you don't turn the ball over. This motherfucker's turning the ball over. <laughs> the issue is that this team is not going to win the world. It's not going to win the Super Bowl regardless because it's not built to win the Super Bowl. Like in the same way that it's that the Miami Dolphins are not built to win a Super Bowl. Oh, it's too, it's too I, out fast. It's it's too much, too much flash, too much early. I would I want it late. I'm I'd not, rather have it late. I don't want it. I'm in not. September. Yeah, but I'm not comparing. I'm not comparing Dallas to the to the Dolphins. The Dolphins have a whole nother issue. The whole there's a whole nother issue with that team because they can't. They not only can they not beat good teams, but they can't win in cold weather. Like they they need a home playoff game. That's what they need. And they that them losing to Tennessee, that jacked them up. And then losing to Buffalo in the last game of the season jacked them up. I think if that game is played in Miami, you probably have the same outcome, but it's a better game. They score more points. And I'm I'm kind of getting out on McDaniel's. Like I like him; he's a cool coach. But I can't imagine him winning a Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl. I think I think what they were doing earlier in the season when they had um, Van Der Esch, I think they were okay. And I think I don't think Stephon Gilmore is healthy. They lost Diggs. Like 
there are parts of the you know the signs were the signs were up from Jump Street. They fucking lost to the Cardinals, man. Like we they got blowed out by the 49ers. Like it, it shouldn't be a surprise as much as we're talking about it as a surprise. Like you and I both said it was unlikely upset. We were wrong because if you think about the body of work that the Dallas Cowboys put in this year and how well Jordan Love and the Packers played towards the end of the season, we should have been surprised. No, we shouldn't have been surprised at all. Now, you're looking at quality of win, quality of loss. The quality of losses, you have the Niners. You got They got blown out by the Niners. They lost close to the Eagles. But the Eagles kind of proved who they were. They lost to the Bills. We now see who the Bills are. They lost. I don't know. Never... I don't know if we see who the Bills are. I'm not going to sell on that. I really don't know. I don't know. The only thing we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The only thing I'll say about the Bills and why they have a good chance to make it to the Super Bowl is because they've been tested all year. They've lost close games. They've won close games. They've been in like they have really been tested every single week this year. The only thing that might hurt them this weekend is they're playing the defending champions and they lost five starters in that game over the weekend. That That's might the only, hurt them. That, that is what's going to hurt them. But you know what they're doing? And they adapted by firing Ken Dorsey. They brought in Joe Brady. And what they start doing when they they brought in Joe Brady? They started running the running football. The fucking football. The yeah, but their coach football. is a jerk. I heard this recent thing where he, he wanted his players to go out and play like terrorists. Dude, That's wrong it. choice of words there, man. Like, what are you What are you saying? What is the yeah. matter with you? Why Sean would you McDermott say something complete, like that? Sean I can't, is a complete idiot. Yeah, I can't get on board with him or what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know how that's going to go. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, sweetlifebrownieco.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too, at sweetlifebrownie underscore co, for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043, and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. Well, we didn't know it was going to go this bad, but you hadn't... You had an expectation that something like this was going to happen. The Tampa Bay Bucks knocked out the defending NFC champion Eagles, thirty-two to nine. <laughs> I don't think we expected thirty-two to nine. So how far can the Bucks go with Todd Bowles coaching the defense and Baker Mayfield commanding the offense? And what does this mean for the Eagles? We know that Jason Kelsey's retiring, or so he says. Yeah, right? I think he's gone. Ne- 
You just you gotta you take it with the grain of salt in the heat of the moment immediately after the game. We'll see. I don't think he wanted to even play this year. I think he came back this year because they just they got to the Super Bowl and they lost a close game. He also played his brother in the Super Bowl. I think he just came back because okay, yeah, let's give this another shot. Like I think we got we're close, but I mean the way they closed the season the way they played but i said it all year i said all year that they didn't look right they're the number like that offensive line looked like trash i understand they had the tush push which got stopped hello it got stopped for only like the second or third time all season over the weekend and the bucks did it the bucks were the only team that did it because with vita vea you can't you can't move vita vea man (laughs) that's what that was about um absolutely so i mean but how yeah. far can they go like what is, what is the ceiling for the bucks you know the thing with the bucks is todd bowles is a hell of a defensive coach um so i can't see i can't see his teams getting blown out um and on the off- offensive side of the ball they got weapons man godwin evans white those guys are all good players their offensive coordinator called a great game. Baker Baker played really well. Not turning over. He has good. He has a good rapport with his receivers, and his receivers like him. It's not saying they didn't like Tom, but I believe that when Tom was there, they were in awe of Tom. Like Baker, they look at him as one of us. He's one of us. You know, he's not elite. He's not garbage. He's one of us. And I think this is going to get him a new contract in Tampa. Um. But I, I don't I don't think they could I think they could beat Detroit. I don't think they could beat the 49ers. And um I don't think they could beat the Packers, as weird as that sounds. So I I think they can get through the next round, but they're not gonna get to the championship. And as far as the, the Eagles are concerned, I mean Sirianni's meeting with you know the brass these last couple of days um it just never looked right to me i know they were winning games and they started out i think like 10 and 1 um but they did lose they they did lose to the jets there were some there were hurts hurts look hurt he uh aj brown seemed dysfunctional like he at times he wanted to be a part of the team other times he didn't want to be a part of the team they seem to have issues running the ball. They were only averaging, I think, 17 or 18 points a game. They were getting gashed on defense. The whole defense was a nightmare. They had to switch coordinators, and Patricia somehow got to call plays. They were getting, they were, they were giving up. I want to say eight yards of carry on the run. Like that's ridiculous. Like how is this possible? Um, so I don't the know. Secondary looked lost. Yeah, look, look lost on Monday. Palmer was gashing them big. You had guys running into each other. You had a tight end wide open, like, well, but nobody wanted to tackle like. either. There was no heart. Like you, they were a defeated team going in there. You, we all thought that even though even though I put I picked the Bucks, I thought they would come into the game with some heart and some grit and say, okay, let's put the the last six weeks behind us. As soon as the Bucks scored, I think the Bucks scored an opening drive. They're like. Oh, here we go again. Same old. I guess this is going to be bad. Like, there was no... there was, And maybe this falls on Jason Kelsey. I don't know. Maybe there was no leadership. Because I didn't see Hurts walking up and down, getting in people's faces and saying anything. He was sitting away from the team most of the time. 
Kelsey no, was that was still- that was Dallas Goddard yelling at him. Yeah, and then you had you had Kelsey. Kelsey was sitting on the sideline talking to Lane Johnson and talking to the coaches, but there was no fire. There was no there was no fire. So, um, yeah. This strikes me as a team that believed its own press clippings from day one, and I think that starts with the coach. I said several weeks ago on this here show that I don't know how good of a head coach this guy is. And I still don't know how good of a head coach this guy is because he's not delivering the goods, right? He's being a petulant child (laughs) after the Chiefs games, after the Chiefs game, talking shit, taunting fans, and then they proceed to go on a one and six slide, including getting bounced from the playoffs. So he comes, he strikes me as an immature dunderhead. So that's, that's who he is as a person. And that's who he is as a coach. The team regressed offensively. Devontae Smith is the only one who legitimately showed up. Devontae yeah. Smith had a hell of a game. He balled out. He had to. He, he's, he's the guy. Like, he's the guy that the Giants wanted. The Eagles traded with the Cowboys to get him, or the Giants could get him. That's what they did. So, you know, kudos to Howie Roseman for identifying that. Now Howie Roseman's starting to get a little bit of clapback from pundits. That's what I find very interesting, that an, an assemblance of talent is not a team. And we know this. We've seen this in many sports, right? We think back to the Lakers where they had Gary Payton and Steve Nash and Kobe and Shaq, and they lost to the Pistons, right? A good team is not a collection of superstars. We see that in multiple, multiple sports. But it's a failure on coaching. It's a failure on the players to rally the troops. DeAndre Swift did not move the needle this year. I think he was hurt. I mean, I think he played well at points, but I think he was hurt. I do. I don't think he was. I mean, but everybody's hurt this time of the year, right? But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because there were at times he did look like a stud, but then there were times when he was hurt. But I, I have to say, though, like Detroit was right for moving on for their running back core, right? They brought in Montgomery and they drafted Gibbs. Oh, and they and 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 they uh they got rid of uh Hawkinson because they had mm-hmm. Laporta. Talk about that draft. Right. Hawkinson got hurt. Jamal Williams regressed. He had to get that bullshit touchdown that Jameis Winston gifted him on the fake victory formation. That was his only touchdown of the year. And then DeAndre Swift looked mediocre for a good chunk of the season. So kudos to the Lions for seeing an opportunity to upgrade and they upgraded big time. But Jalen Hurts, he was running for his life a little bit, got caught with that safety. That was a bad decision, get rid of the ball. Like you definitely need to get rid of the ball sooner. But the offensive line, it's it started to get pushback, right? You got big beefy men on the other side of the ball starting to impose their will on this vaunted offensive line and guess what it started to crumble lane johnson he's been false starting for the past two seasons and never gets called middle of the year things start to get called jordan mylotta had a decent year jason kelsey had a had a decent run this year had a couple slip-ups a couple of lapses in concentration right at the end it makes you wonder right how many times was too many times for this tush push? Like, were they worn out from pushing that tush? 
so many times. Because you got to figure that that offensive line, they were doing at least four times a game. And then on two-point conversions, too. So, you figure, you get, you, you get beat up enough. And you just can't go anymore. But the Buccaneers took this game. I had concerns. Baker had an ankle injury coming in. He had a rib injury coming in. But you definitely have a legitimate concern. And plus, he's Baker Mayfield, right? He's, you know, just like Joe Flacco had a bad game. Baker Mayfield's due for bad games. As much as he is, as much as he lit it up on Monday, it wouldn't have surprised me if he threw three picks. Because <laughs> that's who, that's who Baker is. That's who Josh Allen is. That's who these guys are. So it didn't surprise me at all. But you know, kudos to them. They they took it. They took it from the Eagles. Rashad White took it from the Eagles, right? Kate Otten, who's this guy? Like, they have a legit tight end out there. Like, Kate Otten was their leading receiver. Like, David Moore, two two receptions for 66 in the putty. Trey Palmer, who are these guys? Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were like the fourth and fifth receivers on this team in terms of yardage. So, the all of a sudden the Bucks are surprisingly deep and who knew right I mean and coming out of that division it's very easy to discount them because oh they, who they played they played Carolina twice they played the you know, rotting corpse of the Falcons they played the Saints okay they, they got a squad now as what's their ceiling how far can they go this is going to be a fight this is this is going to be the game of the week forget Bills Chiefs I want to see this one because Baker's got a chip on his shoulder Todd Bowles has a chip on his shoulder Dan Campbell the entire city of Detroit has a chip on their shoulder like that is going to be an all out brawl and I could see them knocking off the Lions just as much as I can see the Lions knocking them off it's going to be a physical it's going to be a slobber knocker as Jim Ross liked to say and could they survive? sure they absolutely can I can totally see that Beyond that, not a chance. Not a chance. Because that means San Francisco. And I really don't see them knocking off San Francisco. But you're 100% right. Baker Baker might as well just sign that contract now. Because it's as good as gold. It's, he's got it. It's there. And on the other side, on the flip side, Eagles... Like with Sirianni, I don't know how comfortable you feel knowing that there's a guy like Jim Harbaugh out there, that there's a guy like Bill Belichick out there. Like, I don't know how comfortable you are in your situation right now because the Eagles have been constantly revamping. They've constantly taken what they've had and upgraded, right? They've always found, oh, shiny object syndrome. Nothing shinier than Jim, Ar- and Jim Harbaugh. Nothing shinier than Bill Belichick. So they have some soul searching to do and the Bucks have to strap it in because they have a fight on their hands. Speaking of fight on their hands, <laughs> there was no fight in the Miami Dolphins. They were straight blown out by the Chiefs on Saturday, 26-7. The Dolphins couldn't get anything done offensively as temperatures were as low as negative 25 degrees. At times, the Dolphins looked unbeatable, hanging 70 on the Broncos very early in the season. But then they looked terrible in games against the Eagles, Titans, and Bills. 
can Mike McDaniel coach the Miami Dolphins to a Super Bowl? I mean, I think the answer that I have to say to that is no. I don't think so. He's <laughs> he's a Mickey D, right? He's he's Josh McDaniels to me. He's he's a brilliant X's and O's offensive guy, but to motivate players that are playing in South Florida to go to Buffalo, to go to Miami, to go to Denver. I know he went to Denver and whooped their ass, but that was in the fall. But to do it in the winter, in the cold, and to get up and play, I just, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I mean, let's be real. If I, You could probably say this about a lot of teams, but if there was no Tyreek Hill, how good are the Dolphins? They lost Jalen Waddle for a while. That really affected their 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 team too. Now with the running games on point, he, he coached the shit out of a running game. But I just think his act gets old. I think it's when it's in the beginning, it's fresh, it's new. He's a weird guy, so you know he, when the things he says to you, it gets you amped, it gets you motivated, it gets you play. But you know when it's negative twenty five degrees. And you're down by two scores. I don't know if he could really rally you to play. And I'm also a guy that's, you know, as, as much as I believe in the pass, uh, you got to be able to run the football. They can run the football, but you can tell that when they're down, their offense changes. And he even said it. He said it at the end of the game that they're going to learn from this. He's going to be better. They're all going to be better. That's all true. But in that division where you got to beat you got to beat Josh McDaniels um you got to beat Josh Allen in that conference where you got to beat Burrow you've got to beat Herbert you got to beat Mahomes I just I just don't see it well there's a lot of soul searching that needs to be done right like you said like we're going to learn from this and what happened he didn't get his quarterback killed this year so he's growing Right. I thought that was great. I thought that was great. They went to the whole, you know, three seconds and out. And it it really did work. Saved his life. But you know what? You lost Waddle. And you lost several several members of the offensive line. You lost several members of the defensive line. To the point where you had to go bring in Justin Houston off the street. So, there's something to be said about this. Like, he was the guy with Kyle Shanahan... When all of that shit went down, when all these guys were dropping like flies, <laughs> right? He goes to Miami and all these guys drop like flies. His system gets people hooked. Plain and simple. Mike McDaniel's system gets people hooked. So he needs to look in the mirror and he needs to adjust his system to make sure that his team is there in not even. Not even February. Can you get me to the last week of December? Can you at least get me there in one piece? Like, you, you got there with Tua. Okay, you tinkered that. Now tinker with the rest of the team. Because you need a whole team to get this going. Now, once you get into the playoffs, this cutesy pass, and that's what it is. It's cute. Right? I've said that several times about Mike McDaniel's offense. It's cute. When you're in a street fight, when you're in a slugfest, cute goes out the window. You've got to be able to bludgeon the other team. And his offense doesn't do that. 
if he's in a dome or if he's in the heat of Miami, sure, he could possibly run it up against a, a shitty team. Right? He did it early on in the season with the Broncos. The Broncos aren't in the playoffs. The worst team in the AFC was the Steelers, right? They were the number seven seed. The Pittsburgh Steelers would have put a whooping. I'm not saying they would have won the game. They would have put a whooping on Tua, right? They would have been in his kitchen because that's what the Steelers do. When the time comes, you need to be able to be physical. That's what playoff football is. It's attrition. And his system is not based on that. So Mike McDaniel is good enough. He's a good enough to get you beat coach. (laughs) There you go. He's a good enough to get you beat coach. Sorry, I like him a lot. He's a, you know, personally, like I've been watching a lot of video clips. Like, yes, he's kind of a douche sometimes. Right, he, he's kind of like a less he's a more likable Nick Sirianni in terms of douchiness <laughs> but you know what Like I, after seeing a couple clips from Hard Knocks like the guy is in recovery he's a recovering alcoholic like you know I, I'm the more I get to know him the more I get to like him and the more I want to root for him but then I see his team play and I'm like dude you ain't learned nothing you didn't learn a damn thing And now, you know, it's calling into question. You also have to call into question not just Mike McDaniel, but it's two of the guys. Now, I'm willing, and I don't know if you're willing, so I'll I'll ask you this. In a a game where the wind chill takes it down to negative 30, I'm discounting player performances because you're lucky you're even out there. Like, you have no reason. 15 people had to be hospitalized for frostbite and hypothermia that were in the stands for that game. Yeah. Like, Patrick Mahomes, his helmet cracked. Yeah. Like, you know. It did its job. So, it did its job. It protected his head. It protected the melon. But, you know, that's how cold it was. That equipment was cracking and equipment was breaking because it was so cold outside. I'm willing to discount to his performance. 20 39, 199, a touchdown to pick. Now, maybe that's just me being forgiving, but I think if you put to a, if, if it's in a normal, you know, temperature range, I think he performs better. But you have many pundits saying, like, oh, this is it. This is who he is. He's not, you know, he's no good. He's just, you know, he, he's. He's an overrated quarterback. He's not going to win the big one. I think it's a little premature. Maybe that's just me. What say you on that? Where do you stand on Tua as a court, as a franchise quarterback? Do you think he can deliver the goods? Yeah, if he can stay healthy, for sure. 100%. He could deliver the ball accurately. And he makes very good decisions. So I do think he's legit. Um, you could build a team around him. Uh, he proved that this year. Seems like the head's not going to be an issue. So he's got, I mean, I know you compare lefty to lefty. He's got a lot of Steve Young-like qualities. Um, so, I, yeah, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think it's just a little, it's much ado about nothing, and the pundits just need to blame somebody for the, the Dolphins losing. And they've decided to just put it on McDaniel and put it on Tua. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan Brake Pads. You never know when you'll be driving 
in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood. Speaking of putting it on somebody, clearly the New England Patriots decided to put all of their recent woes on Coach Bill Belichick as Coach parted ways. I love this new euphemism. We've mutually parted ways. You fired him. You fired. So, you know, if my job parts ways with me, like they fired me. So, you know, maybe that's just me. But Bill Belichick was fired by the Patriots last week after over 20 years of success. The parting was allegedly mutual, but it certainly seemed like fire. Belichick still wants to coach, so he's interviewed for the Falcons. I think he's on track to also interview for the Commanders. And he's, he's also thinking about the Chargers as well. Meanwhile, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh interviewed for the Chargers. He just finished his interview as well for the Commanders. So, And the Falcons. And the Falcons. That's right. Arthur Blank and his blank check. This could be very interesting. However, Harbaugh's still under contract with Michigan. He's testing the waters, though. So, which position seems like a better fit for these two coaches? And is anybody going to pull the trigger on Jim Harbaugh? You know, I don't see the value in getting a guy like Belichick. The only thing I could say, especially now that the Dallas job is not open, like, the only thing I would say, you know, maybe if, maybe it'd be nice if he went to the Eagles. I mean, they're a team that's pretty close, and they just, I just, I don't think players today respond well to his coaching tactics and his coaching methods, putting people on the spot, expecting them to be accountable, being able to answer for your poor decision-making on the football field. Players don't like that anymore. Nowadays, I feel like you've got to be the coach. you got to be the player's friends. You've got to be social with them. you got to be relatable. So I think Harbaugh is the better fit for some teams. I just don't see the allure of the Atlanta job unless Atlanta's got some plan to get a quarterback. I mean, they have the running back, but I don't see the allure of, of coaching that team other than, you know, the, the division is shit. If you were to get a competent quarterback, you probably could make some noise outside of outside of how bad the ownership is in in LA where the Chargers are to me that's the most attractive job because you've got players on defense you got really good players in defense you've got a quarterback you've got receivers you've got tight ends like you've got talent the only the only problem is, is the ownership and you're also in a division with Pat Mahomes that kind of thing sucks so yeah I would say I think uh, you know, the fact that Harbaugh actually went to interview with the Falcons makes me think that this is all bullshit, right? Because you would think that he would come and just say, okay, I want the Charger job. Are you going to give it to me? Yes or no? I just find it weird that he's he would go talk to the Falcons. Like, what's, why is anybody talking to the Falcons, you know? Well, I find it very interesting that Bill Belichick is even willing to interview. It's like I'm fucking Bill Belichick. I just I, I expect an offer on my desk. Maybe, like, 
forget that. I mean, I understand the Rooney rule. I, I am before anybody comes at me. I understand the Rooney rule. But he's well, built from he, Belichick. But, yeah, but what is he bringing? What is he bringing with him? Like, what is he bringing to the table? I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about Matt Patricia. I don't want to hear about Josh McDaniels. Like, if you're gonna try to bring in this whole coaching philosophy that you established in New England over the last 25 years, that shit ain't gonna work here. We don't got that kind of time. You don't have that kind of time. You seven years old, seventy-one years old. We don't got that kind of time, Bill. So, like, how are you going to turn this around quickly? Because all the teams you're interviewing with aren't winners. Well, here's the thing. I would argue the Falcon job is better than the Chargers job because Keenan Allen's a free agent, Austin Eckler's a free agent, Gerald Everett's a free agent. Pretty much anybody not named Joey but Bosa. They don't, but they and- don't have a quarterback. Whether you're Harbaugh or if you're Belichick, we need a quarterback. They don't got a quarterback. Right? So unless the Falcons are telling you, okay, we're going to acquire Kirk Cousins in the offseason, or we're going to make a play for Justin Fields for the number eight pick. Yeah. That's in, in play. Unless they're coming in and saying that, I, uh, what are we talking about? We're fucking talking about Desmond Ritter? We're going to talk about how you couldn't, how you you couldn't you couldn't beat the Jaguars. Like, what are we talking about here? As currently constituted, no. But if you are, if you, if I'm in this meeting, right, and Arthur Blank and the GM, they're going through like, okay, here's our plan, right? We have an offer on the table for the number eight pick. We're going to send him to Chicago. We're going to bring in Justin Fields. Now all of a sudden. That job looks a lot more attractive because I have Justin Fields as opposed to Taylor Heineke as opposed to Desmond Ritter, right? I have a competent quarterback who can be dynamic, who can lead a team. I have Bijan Robinson, right? Who <laughs> my last coach didn't want to play. Yeah, like, but, even... but okay, but if you're if you're Harbaugh. And they're saying Harbaugh's a pipe dream. Okay, so if they're Bill Belichick, well, what are we giving up to get Justin Fields? Because they ain't gonna just give him away for a ham sandwich. That's it, number eight. That ain't gonna happen, man. They just gonna swap picks. You crazy? It's the number. Well, they got the number two pick. They got the number one. They got the number one pick in the draft. They ain't gonna just swap with you. No, one. They'll have one, eight, and nine. Because they They, still have. they still They're have... going to want more than that, man. They're not going to just swap that. They're not going to just do that. You're going to have to give them players. You're going to have to give them at least another player. No, you don't. Picks. That's the beauty part you're of You're telling me if you're the Chicago Bears and the Atlanta Falcons call you a, con- a, 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 a in the same conference as you uh-huh. and they say, we're going to, we just want to swap picks. You're, you're going to jump all over that? I'm not swapping picks. I'm swapping the number eight pick for Justin Fields, a proven uh-huh. player okay. in the league. That's what I'm saying. That is my offer. Now, they're going to take Caleb Williams, number one. If they're moving, if they're willing to, to move Justin Fields, they're taking Caleb Williams, right? That puts them in the range for the kid from Washington if they're so desperate for a wideout. Because you figure Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone. You figure by the time they get to eight, Harrison's gone. So I can have Williams and that kid, Rome, from Washington. Fields is not fitting into my plans anyway. So if I can turn something into nothing, 
right? If I can turn nothing into something, that's good. I'm here for it. And if I'm the Falcons, I would make that trade because he's better than who I got. He'll be cheaper than what I, because what's my alternative? I'm going to throw a boatload of Dell with Kirk Cousins. I'm not going to throw money. I, I don't need to throw money at this problem because I need to fix the rest of the team if I'm the Falcons. And what Bill Belichick will bring to this team, for one, is a defensive identity. Bill Belichick is still a good defensive head coach. He's still a defensive coach at the, at the heart of it. What he can't be is a player personnel guy. I think we're in agreement on that. Like Bill Belichick as player personnel has long since, that ship has long since sailed. So if you can bring in a coordinator, if Bill can identify a coordinator that's not Josh McDaniels, <laughs> that's not Bill O'Brien, bring in a new voice. Because I like I want to liken this to Tom Coughlin, right? Tom Coughlin was Joe Harbaugh, right? And the team eventually was sitting down and they were ready to run him out of town in New York. Tom Coughlin recognized he needed to change. So Bill Belichick is at that point in his career. It's that moment where he realizes that there has to be an element of change here. Otherwise, I might as well just retire. And that is embracing the players. I, I, I don't know how he does it. Because he's made a 20-year career out of being Darth Vader. Like, that's who he is, right? He's The system is above all people. You're completely interchangeable parts. We'll cut you the moment something goes... Look at uh, Jonah Gray. Right, Jonah Gray had one great game, and he got cut. What two games later? <laughs> right, fantastic, John. Yep, clean out your locker and your playbook. Oh. Thanks. Yep, there was one man who was above the system, and it was TB12. And even then, he wasn't that far above the system because he would still get ragged on. But he, you're right. There needs to be a kinder, gentler softer side to Bill Belichick. I don't know how he does that. Maybe maybe he shows his grandkids, you know, like Tom Coughlin brought his grandkids around. Like, it, it showed that the man was human. So maybe Belichick needs to embrace his humanity a little bit. Harbaugh, he'll run his ass out in two years. Like I, I give him two years in the NFL before he's running back to college. Coach Khaki doesn't fly, man. Like he'll he'll burn himself out, he'll run his team into the ground, and he'll have people begging for him to leave. But as far as Belichick goes, I think he still offers a little bit, provided that he mends his fences a little bit and changes his ways. Need a little inspiration in the kitchen? Want to try something new? Or maybe you just need a new YouTube cooking show to binge. Well, I have the answer for all three. As You Eat It, hosted by me, Z. I invite you into my home and show you methods designed to empower and inspire you in the kitchen. Cook how you want to cook. Eat how you want to eat. Eat as you eat it. 
That's As You Eat It, available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. Switching over to hockey. And this is kind of a big one. Steven Stamkos is in the final year of his eight-year contract with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's only 33. Tampa Bay Lightning's GM has come out and said the team will not trade Stamkos at the deadline. Currently, they're 22-17. and 17. They have 49 points. Should Tampa Bay consider dealing their longtime captain? No, nah, no way. No way. Hockey's different. You know, this guy has been through so much with this team and that city. I mean, when you think of the Tampa Bay Lightning, you think Steven Stamkos. 100%. Like, he's a champion. He's, he's their captain. And they're going to bring him back. You're going to re-sign him. There's no way. He's going to retire uh, a Tampa Bay Lightning. So I say no way. Well, here's my thing. It's tied to the playoffs. As of right now, they're in the playoffs. Now, it's the last year of his contract. He would provide, he'd provide a team with a boost like the way that Patrick Kane was supposed to provide a boost to the Rangers last year. Vladimir Tarasenko was supposed to do the same thing in terms of a pure rental. Julian Brisebois knows this. You're not going to get the prospects you think you're going to get because he's a rental. However, what makes this intriguing is that they're so close to the playoffs. I can't see them making this trade because if you get in, to the Stanley Cup playoffs, all bets are off. That is the one sport. That is the hockey is the one sport where legitimate runs can be made by teams just squeaking in. Right? You look at the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's an abnormality in baseball. That's an anomaly. It's a product of the new playoff system. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, it was the Marlins who made the runs and that was spaced out 97 and 2000 you know 2003 and now all of a sudden you have 83 84 win teams making runs football the Packers you know that's kind of that's kind of an anomaly too we firmly I firmly believe that they're going to get their ass kicked because the competition is going to get more difficult in basketball one's are occasionally upset by eights. We've seen that. But who's who? What eight team? What eight seed has gone to an NBA final and won it? The Knicks got there in the strike short strike short '99 season, but they got their asses whooped by the Spurs. Right. Hockey. That is the ultimate in any given Sunday, right? Like any any team can be any team at any given time. So if I'm Julian Brisewaugh, I'm I'm not trading Stamkos unless I know I'm out of it. And then yeah, absolutely in the offseason, you know, offer him a contract, sure. But if if I go on a cooler and I'm like 
15 points, 20 points out of the playoff spot, you entertain it. But right now, on this day, I got to say you hold off. You got you to gotta hold because you're in a weird pattern right now. And you got one left in. I would liken this to the Warriors. When healthy, they can they can do good things. The Lightning are still more than capable of doing good things. So hold tight, give it to the deadline, see where you are, revisit the situation. And if, if in the offseason, if you want to let Steven Stamkos go, you know, for everything he's done with that organization, if you want to give him his gold pocket watch and send him on his way at 34 years old. By all means, you do that. You live with that at the end of the year. But not yet. Just not yet. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Fair or foul? Judging the more messed up stories of the week. Alright boys and girls, we have a statement that's either fair or foul. Fair or foul, number one. The Saints fired offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael after 18 seasons with the organization. And he was the last coach remaining from Sean Payton's staff. Imagine they bring in John Gruden to be the offensive coordinator. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I think it's fair. Um, you know, you're talking about he was there with Drew Brees, Marquise, Marquise Colston, like what probably Jeremy Shockey like I think it's fine mm-hmm. I think it's time Deuce um, McAllister Deuce McAllister uh, I think it's just Reggie Reggie um Stills uh, yeah, yeah. It so yeah it lands more yeah, it's time and you would think he would want to be a, a head coach somewhere instead of just being an offensive coordinator I think it's fair I mean if you want, if you're Dennis Allen and you want to make this your team, right? You were, you were a part of this organization. You left, you came back, right? Pete Carmichael has stayed through and through. He's the last tie to the previous regime. Yes, Dennis Allen was a Sean Payton guy, but he left and came back. Same thing with Mike Pettin. He left and came back. I think it's fair. If Dennis Allen wants to bring in his own offensive coordinator, then go ahead, bring in your own offensive coordinator. Well, he's got to find a miracle worker that could fucking score points with Derek Carr in the center. 
I mean, if you're looking, right, if you're thinking about maybe a college coach who wants to come in, or if you want to take, yeah, like a Gruden is not going to, you know, that's never going to work. But if you're going to look at a guy like a Bobby Slowick, he's not going to, he's not going to make a lateral move, but a, a guy who's young in the role and looking to ascend to the next level kind of like the way Brian Schottenheimer started his position coach and moved up to offensive coordinator now he's the offensive coordinator of the Cowboys so that's all you need to know that they're that's where Shoddy is by the way so you know you identify a coordinator or here's a crazy idea Byron Leftwich is out there Byron Leftwich is trying to get back into the game. I don't know why that he's on the sidelines. I thought he did a pretty good job with Bruce Arians. But, you know, maybe he's holding out for a head coaching job. I don't know. But I think Byron Leftwich could work with Derek Carr. I think he can make that offense go. But 11th in passing yards, 21st in rushing yards for a backfield of Jamal Williams and Alan Kamara, that's not good. Ninth in the league in score. They're not that far away. A couple tweaks here and there. Dennis Allen puts his stamp on it. I think it's totally fair that you let Pete Carmichael go. And who's to say Pete Carmichael doesn't end up in Denver with Sean Payton and get the band back together. But Dennis Allen's been here long enough. He can put his stamp on his team. It's fine. If you believe in him, go ahead. Go ahead. Fair or foul? Number two, Mike Tomlin returning as coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know I'm gonna say foul. Um, just because really? I think the Pittsburgh, I think the city of Pittsburgh is done with Mike. You know, and people that I've talked to that live there and that are Steelers fans, they're kind of done. They're kind of done with Mike. They're kind of done with Pickett. Um, this is, I think, a good time to make a change, to move into a different direction, because what are you going to do, Z? He's coming in. He's on a one-year contract. You're going to have to extend him if you want anything from this season. So I just – I think it's it's just a waste. It's been a nice run, but, you know, let him go out high. Let him leave on a high note. I think it's foul. I think it's foul. Now – You've had one, two, three, 500 seasons. Three 500 seasons since 2007. That's it. None below three seasons of 500. Everything else has been better. Have they been the juggernaut that you would have hoped for in the playoffs? No. Did they represent the AFC in the Super Bowl twice? And they won once. So that's also tied to Ben Roethlisberger. You need to find your franchise quarterback. Mitch ain't it. Kenny Pickett is not it. Mason Rudolph isn't it. If you let... If you let Bill Cowher go through the Mike Tomzak era 
right? And the Cordell Stewart era, then you can let Mike Tomlin go through this to find his guy. Now, it might not be a guy in the draft. It might not be, you know, it might not be found that way. It might have to be, you know, it might not be Terry Bradshaw. It might not be Ben Roethlisberger. He should come back. I'm saying he should come back. I think it's it's foul. Mike Tomlin returning is That's fair. No, that's fair. No, that's fair. Yeah, yes. So you're saying it's fair. It's fair. It's foul that the, the fans want him out. Oh, okay. It's foul that the fans want him out. It's fair that he he deserves, he's earned the right to stay. Hmm. So, but he hasn't got, done it. Got he hasn't it. done anything recently, man. Like, what has he done recently? He hasn't done anything in a long ass time, man. The Pittsburgh Steelers are always in the conversation. Now, they you sound like a Dallas Cowboy right now. He, they're always in the conversation, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers have a remarkable. A streak of consistency. Like teams would love for that, right? The worst thing you can be is irrelevant, and the Steelers are constantly in the mix. That's where you want to be. Where you don't want to be is Carolina, right? Where you're two and fourteen, and you're on another head coach. You fired your GM. Your <laughs> owners, a, owners, a fucking lunatic. That's where you don't want to be. Now, in terms of finding a quarterback, that's not great if you're if you're trying to build a, through the draft. If you're trying to find the quarterback through the draft, that's not where you want to be. You don't want to be the last team in in the playoffs because it's a very it's a middle of the round playoff. That's a middle of the round draft pick. Now, who's to say? And I wouldn't mind this if I was Pittsburgh. What about Geno Smith? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Right? He's definitely... He's suicidal. He's 33. Yeah, so he's not young. But he could be the bridge that you need to get to the next guy. He could buy you a few years. So, you put a legitimate running game there. Najee Harris, under this new coordinator, Harris and Warren look good. Pickens look better. Deontay Johnson looked better. So, Matt Canada was definitely an issue. Maybe Gino's the guy. I don't know. Could work. Why not? Kirk Cousins, definitely worth exploring. Justin Fields, worth exploring. But this guy has more than earned his seat at the table. And. If he wants to go out at the end of his contract, it's only one year. If he wants to go out, let him go. But he is more than represented the city well. He's more than represented the organization well. And this is not an instance of an instance of him hanging on too long because there has there's been no four and twelve. There's been no, you know, seven and ten. There hasn't been any of that. Let him, let him go out under his, on his own. Let him voice that his own guitar. Fair or foul? Number three. Alabama hiring Kalen DeBoer to replace Nick Saban as head coach. Foul. 
foul. I just, I have a problem with the way he coached in the national championship game, but I also really think they should have went with the Urban Meyer route, man. If you went Urban Meyer, you'd have been great. Oh my God. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know about Kalen DeBoer. I think it's foul as well, but I don't know about him from the standpoint of coming from the University of Washington to the crucible that is the SEC. Right? Now, offensively, great. Right? He revitalized Michael Penix. He did all of that. But now, you're not competing just with Oregon and Oregon State, UCLA, and Stanford. Like you're, you're not just going up against them, right? And Alabama, you're getting the best shot from everybody in the country. Right? You're getting Florida State. You're going to get Clemson. You're going to get Texas. You're going to get Michigan, Ohio State. Everybody's gunning for you because you wear that giant A on your head. Right? It's the scarlet letter. In this case, it's the, it's the crimson letter. Right there, branded on your head. Is he going to be able to hold up? I'm not so sure. When you look at his lineage, right? He was a head coach for one year at Fresno State. Fresno State, still in Alabama. He started out as the head coach at the University of Sioux Falls. Still not Alabama. And then most recently, his run with the Washington Huskies. Still not Alabama. This is going to be the biggest prestige job. This is going to be the highest pressure. And I don't know. I, I don't think it ends well for Mr. DeBoer. Now, the Urban Meyer route, Urban Meyer is interesting. Because he's been there, he's done that. He's built giant programs. He's been there. He did Ohio State. He did Florida. But he also has a really bad habit of leaving people in the lurch with his, you know, health and going to be with his family and whatever bullshit excuse when things aren't are starting not to go his way. So that's the one thing that would scare me off of Urban, Urban Meyer. But I would agree that you need a guy with that kind of panache. Only problem is, is that they're few and far between college football. Kirby Smart's not going there. Dabo Sweeney's not going there. Jimbo Fisher, they shouldn't touch Jimbo Fisher. So they hired him. So Alabama's got to give him a shot. But I think it's foul, and this will not end well for either Coach DeBoer or the Crimson Tide.
Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our X account at DNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and the winner of said vote gets a shout out on this here show and takes home the coveted ass trophy and do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week d i don't well it should not surprise you at all but one arthur smith one arthur smith took home well he took it home and he's going home because he is no longer. <laughs> he took it home and he's going home. Exactly. He boxed it up with the rest of his personal effects and he left. So, that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees <laughs> for Alleged Superstar of the Week? All right. First up, I've got your favorite, my favorite, Cowboy starting quarterback, Dak Prescott. Great numbers and garbage time, Dak, but... You were looking for Lamb way too long, all day long. You couldn't get the ball to Gallup, and I'm pretty sure you threw a pick six. So, Dak Prescott, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, Micah Parsons. Two tackles, one solo and one quarterback hit. Lawrence Taylor, my ass. Micah Parsons, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last, and certainly the least, the, the whole entire Philadelphia Eagles team. 10 and 1 to start the season, finished 1 and 6. Nine points and a playoff loss to a team that barely won the division. Philadelphia Eagles, you are my alleged superstars of the week. What do you got, Z? Good choices. You really can't go wrong there. Now. I'm going to start with the Cleveland Browns, right? We didn't touch on them, right? We, we didn't touch on no. Browns-Houston, no. right? Great defense. You know, allegedly an all-time defense. Joe Flacco riding his magic carpet ride. <laughs> you know, took his Jared Tollies. Feeling good. <laughs> Houston 45, Cleveland 17. So, let's just pump... Oh, I I gave them too many points. 45-14. My apologies. I, I was too generous. Cleveland Browns, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Not to mention, you're still owed to Sean Watson, right? You still have guaranteed money on him. 
Good luck with that. Cleveland Browns, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, Odell Beckham Jr. In a recent podcast interview, Mr. Beckham said that the New York Giants traded him to the Cleveland Browns to fuck him over. (laughs) His words, not mine. That's crazy. His words, not mine. That they sent me to Cleveland to die. That's awesome. You know, they they intentionally tried to sabotage his career. Sabotage! No. So that's a load of crap and a big, big case of revisionist history. You wanted to go play with Jarvis Landry. You forced your way out of town. You threw Baker Mayfield under the bus when you found out he didn't like throwing to you as much as you wanted to be thrown to. Sorry, dude. You fucked yourself over. (laughs) And you fucked yourself over and then walked into a ring with the Rams. So... Just keep the giant's name out your mouth. <laughs> to quote Will Smith. <laughs> to paraphrase Will Smith, keep their name out your mouth. Because <laughs> they're doing just fine without you. Cleveland's doing just fine without you. Were you even a factor on Baltimore this year? Think about that. Look in the mirror. You're not Mark Andrews. You're not Zay Flowers. Look in the mirror and determine whether or not you are a real factor this season. Odell Beckham Jr., you are my alleged superstar of the week. And Jose Mourinho, legendary football coach. Legendary. Well, not so much for AS Roma, though. The Serie A team can Jose Mourinho after they lost to AC Milan 3-1. And they currently sit in ninth place in the Serie A. Ninth. Now, we all know where Jose Mourinho's been. Porto, Chelsea, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Man U, Tottenham. A who's who. A veritable who's who. Ninth ain't gonna cut it, Jose. Sorry, coach. Ninth just ain't gonna cut it. Especially in Syria A. Like, that's the big... That's the big time of Italian football. Do better. Just do better. Jose Mourinho, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to our X account at Dave Route DNZ and vote and vote and vote and vote and for our nominee. Just do better, boys. Just do better. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on iTunes, iHeartRadio. Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone.
time for us to run the go route. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.